Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, sit back, relax, enjoy the chaos, enjoy the madness. This is the only place you need to be, right here with us on the Brilliant Dumb Show. I'm Big Game Bob, coming to you on your local airwaves, however you're listening, why ever you're listening. Folks, we're just happy you are indeed listening. We are back. I am home. I am alive. It is one day after our normal scheduled programming here of the Brilliant Dumb Show. We were in Mexico. Um, I broke my phone. Talk about a place you do not want to break your phone. That is Mexico. Just a total disaster, uh, but a very fun time. We really enjoyed it. I had never left the country before. And it was just good for me to experience something else, for me to to leave the United States and and just see the way another country does things. And Mexico's got like their own flair on everything. Like a Toyota, they have Toyotas out there, even the cars. They don't look like a normal Toyota. It's like a Mexican Toyota. They do something different with the modeling of the Toyota. I don't know exactly what it is, but they put their own flair on things. It's like the Mexican Coca-Cola. It tastes the same, probably drives like a Toyota Corolla, but it just looks a little bit different. The streets, they look a little bit different, and they just do things differently. I needed to see that. From the time we got into Mexico, when we were going through customs, I don't really have an off button. I just can't stop talking. I don't shut up. And the one place you definitely want to be able to shut up is at Customs in Mexico. I couldn't do it. I come walking through. I got this guy, Sergio, who was just having a downright bad day. And you're supposed to keep it short, keep it sweet. Less is more when going through Customs at Mexico. I couldn't do it. Sergio starts me off, what brings you to Mexico? I said, Sergio, what doesn't bring me to Mexico? (laughs) It looks spectacular here. You know what I mean? Wasn't having it. Not a word. Not even a nod. Business or leisure. I said, well, Sergio, I'm actually, I'm a podcaster. Meanwhile, I got a line of 250 people behind me just waiting to get through customs. Business or leisure. They said, well, Sergio, uh, I'm actually a podcaster, so we don't really call it business, uh, but I do look like I'm here for some leisure. Look at me, Sergio. Got a fucking fedora on and some moccasins. If that doesn't scream Mexico, I don't know what does. How many nights are you here for? He just wasn't happening. I said, well, this is what just snapped him off. So how many nights are you here for? I said, well, I guess you could say, would it be, I can never fit. Somebody says, how long are you going for? I can never figure out that question. So I'd say, well, we're here for, I guess you could say five nights, but then we got the last day, which is the travel day, which is when we're going to the airport and we leave for the airport in the afternoon, which I guess you wouldn't really consider a night. That would probably be a day. So would it be four nights, five days? It's sir, sir. Please, gayate, no mas talky talky. Sergio just fucking snapped. No mas talky talky. Please, this is Mexico. Coño, hands me my passport. Welcome to Mexico. I said, holy shit, how about that for a start? Just short, sweet, to the point. My whole group was just watching, waiting for me to get through. Just keep it short. And I got to tell you what, folks. One thing I do love about Mexico, 
I love the peso and the peso loves me. Bob loves the peso and the peso loves Bob. One American dollar is like 18 pesos. I could never figure out throughout the entire trip. If something was $5 American dollars, I just couldn't figure out how much that was pesos. And I was treating this thing like it wasn't even real money, the pesos. It felt like chips at a casino. I was just tipping people left and right. Like I was fucking Frankie Lucas. Just throwing tips all around the places, whipping around pesos. It was phenomenal. And they're so appreciative of any peso you give them. And I was giving them out left and right. They were firing drinks my way. That's the guy that kept pointing over at me. That's the guy you want to stick around because this guy has no regard for the peso. You ever go to a, a casino in Vegas? $1,000 in chips is not actually $1,000 because it doesn't feel like it. Next thing you know, you're tipping cocktail service, service a $20 chip for a vodka Red Bull, even though I know damn well I'm in no position to tip, to tip a cocktail waitress $20 for one vodka Red Bull. It doesn't feel real. It's not real money. It's phenomenal. I was just firing these pesos out left and right. As much as I loved Mexico, something that I just don't understand. You've been seeing it a lot recently. These families with, with, with young children who are like three years old or even infants, and they're going off to take vacations to London. They're on United Airlines, aisle 26. They got the whole family there. Three of the kids aren't even over the age of three. And they're traveling to London. They're going to see the Great Wall of China. They're going to see the Egyptian pyramids. When I was three years old, do you think I gave a flying fuck about the Great Wall of China? Yet alone would even remember seeing the Great Wall of China at the age of three. No disrespect to that Great Wall over there in China, but come on now. Why do that? They're not going to remember. You got to take a 16-hour flight to get there. You connect from Zimbabwe to Pittsburgh over to Norway and then to China with a bunch of three-year-olds. three years old, three year Kids that, that can't even eat pretzels without their parents' supervision are going to see the Amazon River, all this shit. They're not even going to remember. I got the answer. We got the answer here on the Burnley Dumb Show. Epcot. You ever see Epcot? It's a beautiful place. Orlando, Florida, Disney World. What you do at Epcot is they got all these different continents and it resembles each country, a different country. And you could feel like you're actually in that country without being in the country. And you walk around and you just go country to country. It's a beautiful thing. It's fantastic. And the way Disney does it is they make it so damn legit to where you actually feel like you're there. Now, I put it up on my phone here because I didn't even know how to describe it. It's so wonderful. My parents took me when I was like three. It was the best thing they could have ever done. 
Saved them a whole lot of money. Epcot is home to the World Showcase, which consists of 11 pavilions representing countries from around the world, including Canada, the United Kingdom, France, Morocco, Japan, the United States, Italy, Germany, China, Norway, and Mexico. You can see the world without seeing the world. Just got to book a trip to Epcot, Orlando, Florida. It's as easy as that. If I have young kids, I'm taking them to Epcot. So my parents did. I was like six years old. I thought I had already seen the whole world simply because I went to Disney World. It's a beautiful thing. You want to go to Paris? Go to Epcot. You could be under the Eiffel Tower in three minutes. You don't got to go through customs like you do if you actually went to Paris. You just go through the turnstile at Disney World. And they make it so realistic to the country. They serve you the food in each pavilion. The pavilion in Germany, they serve you German food. The people there are German Now, it might not actually be Germany. Certainly feels like it. Pretty spot on. You don't even need a fucking passport to go through. You could throw your passport in the fucking trash for all Disney World cares. Come on down to Epcot. Right in there in Disney World. It's spectacular. I went to Mexico. I spent the full day before trying to find the currency exchange for some pesos. You don't need pesos in Epcot. You'll be having bratwurst in Germany talking about what you're going to do for breakfast the next day in Switzerland. If you want to have appetizers in Germany, you can have dinner in Switzerland. It's a beautiful thing. Can't get that anywhere else. Take your kids there. Don't actually take them to Mexico. Take them to Epcot, Mexico. These young kids got no idea. They don't know the difference. Between Switzerland and Epcot, Switzerland, you go to Sweden, you go to Norway. I'm serious. It's a beautiful thing. You remember Cliff Notes when we were growing up in school? They would give you a brief summary if you didn't actually study for a book report. If you didn't actually read the book, you could go to Cliff Notes and have a good gist of the entire book just off the cliff note. You'd be able to do the full book report without even reading the fucking book. That's like Epcot. You could see the world without traveling the world. You may not read the whole book, but you can certainly know what the book is about. You may not get an A on the exam, but you damn will get a C. That C is over there at Epcot. And then on to the next country you go. There's a cliff note for every country right in Orlando, Florida. Think of how much time you will save. Think of how much money you can save. I want to see these parents and preach this to them. I don't understand it. You know the hassle of getting your kids to London? You think they give a shit if they're in London or Florida? Probably not. They're not going to remember. Work will give you three weeks of vacation. Hey, boss, by the way, I actually only need three days. You could keep the full three weeks. We traveled to all through fucking Scandinavia in seven hours over there at Epcot. It was fantastic. I mean, seriously, how much different is a tortilla chip in Mexico than it is in Mexico's Epcot? I can't imagine too much difference.
It's the same fucking chip as far as I'm concerned. It's like drinking a Mexican Coca-Cola in America. We do it all the time. Looks a little bit different than our Coca-Cola, but it still tastes like the same Coca-Cola. It's the same shit. What are your two-year-olds going to go? They're going to go to the Vatican in Italy. Yeah, Michael Michelangelo really did a nice job. Just a phenomenal job here at the Vatican in Italy. They're five years old. I love his contrast on the ceilings there. You're five years old. You don't give a shit about Italy. I love Italy. I just don't want to see it when I'm five. Go to Epcot. I'll see Italy when I'm 21 and have a ball. I'll have a fucking blast. Seven years old. They're traveling to Africa and Argentina, save it for when they can remember. Am I wrong or am I wrong? Ladies and gentlemen, in the meantime, we are moving on. You know who I just found out is worth $100 million that I truly think is worth every single dollar? Rachel Ray. This girl's spectacular. I was in Mexico and we only had three channels. Two of them were soccer. The other just so happened to be Rachel Ray in English. Rachel kept me up all night long, and for the best reason possible, she was whipping out souffles, green bean casseroles. Rachel Ray has brought that same energy, that same action, for 30-plus years into the game. And we don't talk about it enough. Yes, she's worth $100 million. I think this girl's spectacular. I watch the Food Channel all the time. I've seen Gordon Ramsay have an off night. I've seen Bobby Flay not have his ace stuff. I've seen it. And I love Ramsay. I like Bobby Flay. But let's call a spade a spade here, folks. That's what we do here on the Brilliant Dumb Show. We've seen them have an off night. I can't remember a single time I woke up to Rachel Ray And said, you know what? Rachel just doesn't have her ace stuff today. It doesn't happen. She brings it night in, night out. She's got the same pots, pans, and skillets that she's had since 85. She hasn't moved kitchens at all. I've watched the evolution of Gordon Ramsay. This guy went from cooking on a George Foreman grill in the United Kingdom to having a 25-top skillet. He's got five ovens in his own kitchen. What the hell's he going to do with that? And another thing I've noticed, Rachel Ray does her own dishes. She'll do her own dishes on the show. I watched her cleaning a pot the other day while she had a mac and cheese in the oven. All the other guys, they just cut through that to when they're bringing out the mac and cheese. No, Rachel will talk you through that 15 minutes that the mac and cheese is cooking. She'll find something to do. She'll start cleaning dishes, cleaning the fucking floors. I've never seen anything like it. You never see her kids come into the kitchen. It's like they know, do not fuck with mom when she's in the kitchen. Gordon Ramsay, their kids are coming in. He gets them involved. He wants them to get airtime. Guy Fieri brings his son out to diners, drive-ins, and dive. Look, all the power to you. I'm just saying, Rachel's about her business. Rachel Ray is about getting in her bag and her bag only. I fucking love that chick. 
I really do. I think she's spectacular. I think she's awesome. She's cleaning her own dishes. You go to Gordon Ramsay. You watch him. He's cooking a lot in his own home now. I watch some of these cooking shows, and I'm the whole time I'm just thinking, my, oh, my, do I feel bad for the person cleaning these dishes. They just throw them right on into the sink. There's no way they're cleaning them. No way. Not Rachel. Let the mac and cheese cook. Let the souffle cook. Let the turkey cook. I'll talk to you from here. I don't mind that. We don't got to cut to when the thing's ready. I think she's absolutely spectacular. How she's worth $100 million? Fuck, I don't know. I got no idea. Do I think she's worth every penny? Sure. If we can pay Bryce Harper $350 million, I got news for you. We could pay Rachel Ray 100 mil because she's bringing that action. You know, all these morning shows, all the other people, they got five other cooks and hosts around them to tell them how good their food is. You know, they taste it. They compliment. Ooh and ah over the food. A lot of these other shows, you got the judges tasting how delicious it is. Not Rachel. She cooks the damn thing, dishes it out onto the next dish. She's just riding solo. Big, big Rachel Ray guy. But I mean, every time I watch these cooking shows, they start cooking. I say, wow, is that a problem for who's ever doing those dishes? And if Gordon Ramsay's got five ovens, I can only imagine how many dishwashers he's got. Phenomenal stuff. But Rachel Ray, absolutely worth every penny for that hundred million. Rachel Ray, indeed confirmed. Friend of the pod, Rachel, if you're watching this, we love you, shouty. <laughs> That didn't come off great. Anywho, we are moving on. Hey, folks, before we get moving on here, uh, did anybody see, I, I just posted on my Instagram, a video of a Chick-fil-A employee. And this guy is playing Frogger, just fighting through traffic to get a person their chicken sandwich. And it's like you see these videos every single day. At what point does Chick-fil-A employees start asking for more money? I mean, it is insane. You see these things every day. And the, the, the bag that this guy was fighting through traffic with to get it to this car, it didn't even look like a big bag. Like, it had to be just one chicken sandwich. These guys are, are, are just simply incredible. It's fucking unbelievable. You don't see this out of Burger King. You don't see it out of McDonald's. Just Chick-fil-A employees. I they just it's like they brainwashed these guys. It's unfucking believable. But enough of that. Without further ado, ladies, I actually just want to say one more thing. I got the Yankees game playing on behind me here. Will Gary Sanchez get a base hit anytime soon? Holy shit. What a terrible swing and miss. You know, there's good swing and misses, and there's bad swing and misses. Gary Sanchez is a bad swing and miss guy. Giancarlo Stanton, who now is back on the IL, he's injured yet again. They talked about him possibly playing the outfield, and immediately his oblique just tightened up before he even got to the outfield. This guy's constantly hurt. He's another guy. As good as he's been playing, I can't fault the guy for that. When he swings and misses at a baseball, 
it is such a bad swing and miss. There's good quality swing and misses. Aaron Judge, great swing and miss guy. He swings and misses. It still looks good. It's like that guy really has his shit together. Gary Sanchez, Gene Carlos, when they swing and miss, oh, God, does it look ugly. But again, he can't really fault Gene Carlos then. But will this guy, Gary Sanchez, can he get a hit? My goodness. Sorry, folks, just a little rant there. Without further ado, it is time for everybody's favorite segment. That is indeed, it's the Ass Bob segment week by week. Tuesday after Tuesday for you Patreon folks, Tuesday after Friday, I tell you fine folks, call into our voicemail. Love these voicemails. I have a fucking blast doing them. 848-281-7906. That's 848-281-7906. Call in. We have a blast doing these. We're going to let them rip now. Let's let them fire away. Showtime. First call we got is from Peter from Tewksbury, Massachusetts. What do you got for us, Peter? Afternoon, Bob. Uh, long-time listener, first-time caller, Peter from Tewksbury, Massachusetts. Uh, quick question of great importance. Um, my soon-to-be sister-in-law's ex-boyfriend, uh, they've been broken up for probably close to two years at this point. Uh, and he, prior to the breakup, left uh, a bag of golf clubs uh, in her parents' basement. And I'm just curious as to what the grace period is before I, as an avid golfer, am allowed to go and plunder some clubs from that bag. I have already taken the liberty of re-gripping the Odyssey putter, uh, and it hasn't started bearing any fruit yet, but I'm hopeful that it'll take a few strokes off my game. Anyway, uh, curious your thoughts on this, Bob. Uh, thank you very much, uh, and keep up the good work. Yeah, Peter, thanks for the call. I, I, I mean, I think I think everybody listening to that, as soon as they heard my soon-to-be sister-in-law's ex-boyfriend knew right out of the gate, Peter, it's time to break out those clubs and use them. I mean, if you're talking about a close first cousin, a best friend, somewhere tight-knit to you, I would say keep it tight. You know, don't bust those out quite yet. When you say your sister-in-law's ex-boyfriend, and it's not even your sister-in-law yet, it's your soon-to-be sister-in-law, I would get those things regripped. I would get those things resized. I would. I, I, I mean, there's all different things you could do with those things. Now, I would get my fucking initials on those things. I think you absolutely let it rip. If it's taken a couple strokes off your game, then by all means, let it rip. It, if it hasn't yet, let it rip. I'm sorry to that guy. Hopefully, he's not a friend of the pod. But I mean... You do that. Sister-in-law's ex-boyfriend, soon to be. Peter, you get those clubs out immediately and start firing away. Regrip them, re-stick them, whatever the hell you want to do to them. It is without a doubt in the clear now for you to use those things for sure. Not close, not tight to the family. Let it ride, big fella. Happy golfing. Next question we go. Hey, Mr. Berger. Nick out of Nashville, Tennessee. Got a question about etiquette while using a public restroom 
I got some uh, fleck from the buddies using the flap in the underwear instead of pulling the underwear all the way down. Why else would the flap be created? What's your opinion on that? Thanks, Bob. I mean, Mr. Burger. Holy shit. I don't know who Nick from Tennessee is, but he just informed a whole lot of us uh, of something that could be... I mean, that is groundbreaking. To be quite frank, I, I, I never... Nick, I couldn't give you a flack for it because I didn't even know that was a thing. But come to think of it, it makes all the sense in the world. Why not use the flap? And if that flap truly secures the boxer, uh, I, I don't see why not. I think what Nick from Tennessee is referring to is when you go to take a shit, you put your boxers down. Why put them all down on the floor? And especially now with Corona and all the shit that we know now is out there makes all that even more sense. I do worry about the, the stability of, of the boxer, but if you don't think I'm going to take a shit when I go to take my next shit and whatever stall that is, is lucky enough to have me. Um, and I'm not going to do that with my boxer. You got another thing coming without a doubt. I'm going to give it a try. So no flack here from Big Game Bob. And, and Nick, by the way, you, you can call me Bob, um, especially after that phenomenal way of doing things. And shame on your friends. I just I would like him to call in again because I'm wondering when he, when he pulls the boxer down, does he just turn that flap to hold it? Um, really hope we hear back from, from Nick from Tennessee. That's incredible. Hey, Bob. It's uh, Big John down in Kansas City. Uh, longtime listener, first-time caller. Uh, I want to know when uh, when Bobby Caesar hits the hits the course, or 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 maybe Backline Bob's making an appearance. What's your uh, what's your policy on music on the golf course? I mean, I think uh, you know I don't I don't play golf nearly seriously enough to make it really. Think. I think it really brings an ambiance, if you will. I think it brings a mood. I think it uh, really sets the tone for the day with a playlist, you know. And uh, I, you know, oftentimes if I'm not doing the best, which is more than not, I've been known to switch the styles on the music. I've been known to, uh, you know, change it up, go from one genre to another. Uh, you know, I work out here at a private golf club, and it's a big thing here. To, guys are bringing out, they're not just bringing out the little Bluetooth speakers anymore. They've got, they've got boom boxes, man. They've got $500, $600, $700 Bluetooth speakers out here. I mean, I'm hearing them on hole nine, and I'm, I'm over there on 11 across the whole dang course. So uh, I just wanted to know, what's your opinion on uh, music on the course, Bob? Uh, thanks for the call. John from Kansas City, phenomenal question. Uh, yeah, Growing up, I've always been so obsessed with like sports radio and I love the call-ins and stuff. John from Kansas City has a classic radio call-in voice. You know what I mean? He just sounds like a like a radio guy, somebody that calls in. A lot going on. I wish he would put his seatbelt on. You could hear the seatbelt alert going off. But uh, just a phenomenal voice. I love that stuff. Uh, great call. Great question, John. Um, John's absolutely right here. Folks, the days of pulling up to the golf course and just playing music on your phone speaker – are gone. They they are building things now that you could wrap around your golf cart 
something that you see a speaker you see in Madison Square Garden when you go to see a Pearl Jam concert. I mean, it is unbelievable the different speakers people have now for the golf cart. A lot of stuff with the Velcro, you wrap it around, connected by this monster speaker. Um, I I do think that it, it, it takes a special person to really play the right type of music. And I don't think it's one specific genre. I think it's a I think it's a, a certain genre depending on what type of day it is, what type of golf course are you on? Are you at a municipal course? Are you at a beachy type course? Uh, you know, by the water. I think it all depends and you really got to trust. There's a lot of responsibility um, from the guy to prepare you guys from a music standpoint to make sure you have a good round, set the tone, set the scene. With that being said, I have absolutely no issue with music on the golf course. I have every issue with somebody who has an issue with it. If that makes any sense whatsoever, pretty much what I'm saying is I just don't understand the people who have an issue with people playing music on the golf course are the ones I like to stay away from or the ones that, that, that I want to be nowhere near. I don't want to find myself in a foursome with one of those guys. No chance. Cause I, what are we on tour? Does it really matter if you're playing some music while you go? I find it to be very comforting. Um, but, but on the same notion, when you're playing good, the music always sounds great. You know what I mean? Bob Marley never sounded so special than after you just birdied. Elton John never sounded better than coming off a birdie or a couple pars rolling the par train with Elton. I think a lot of it depends on how you're playing, but I am all for music on the golf course. And come on to the guys out there that it bothers. I, I, I think that is ridiculous and just not the type of person that I would want to be around. Let the boys have some fun. Let them play some music by all means. Let it rip. Ladies and gentlemen, that does it here for this week's edition of the brilliantly dumb show. If you are not signed up for the Patreon yet, get signed up. We got extra content on that Patreon. We're doing a weekly happy hour, which has been spectacular. We do an extra podcast. If you want more of the brilliantly dumb show, we have an extra podcast on Friday, early access to golf vlogs, cooking with Bob's bagel reviews. We're having an absolute ball over there. Come join us. We got Jerry Don coming back next week. We will see him there. We will see you folks Tuesday. Love you all. You folks take care. Have a damn good week.